when I'm not drinking bourbon or writing blues songs, I listen to the Sean Geek Podcast over on seanmcginnity.ca, and you should too. Welcome to the Sean Geek and Fast Fret Podcast with me, Sean Geek, and that guy, Fast Fret. How are you doing? Uh, not bad. Yourself? Okay. Okay. Yeah. We're, we're yeah. going to start the show with uh, something that's both going to make us laugh. So if we've had bad weeks, this is going to make us laugh to no end. Very excited. Sure. It sounds good. But we have a, a guest, a recurring, recurring, reoccurring guest. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah introduce yourself sir who do we got uh jared trotsky the third time guest i guess and i'll be honest i'm a little disappointed i kind of thought there was gonna be a stage and like an audience but i kind of think we're still in a certain position in our lives right now so that's kind of understandable i'd love to do this on a stage this would be freaking awesome to do on a stage (laughs) um a friend of the show, uh, the real debaters, they got to do take their show on a stage at uh, Comic Con. Nice. And uh, the energy was pretty freaking cool. Like they could do no wrong. Anything they said, everyone laughed at. Anything they <laughs> did, people applauded. It didn't even have to be good. They were just there, you know. They didn't have one of those applaud things above yeah. everyone, did they? And just kept spamming the button. <laughs> no. It sounds like my perfect audience, to be honest. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I'm sure they're uh, great. No, they were. No, no, they were. Good. They were. They're always good. Um, so this week at was it this week at work or last Friday at work, whatever. Um, the guy I work with, Matt, he he shared a a headline to me. Um, that was so funny and so hilarious that we actually had to stop working. So I could wipe the tears from my eyes because I was laughing so hard. Um, I think it just hit me particularly perfect. So I'm going to share a screen so you guys can see what the hell I was laughing about. And you guys probably already know the story, but I think we can. Um, I think we can uh, talk about it and and laugh a little bit here. Uh, share. Have you guys seen this picture? Uh, it says Sean. Okay. Oh, oh here we go. Uh, oh, yes. <laughs> no, I knew Jared saw it. I knew it. No, no I haven't seen well, it. I haven't seen it, but um, I, I, the radio, I guess, I listen to is old. <laughs> I think I heard about this one. <laughs> so, like, CGOB, I believe, had this on there before. Oh, I'm sure they must have talked about it. Yeah, they did uh, yesterday morning, I think, but yeah. So here's the headline from, uh, I don't know, where are we looking at this? CTV News. And the great thing about this is now Manitoba and Winnipeg is on the map yet again for something dumb. Uh, 
<laughs> but here's the here's is for those who can't read along with us here. Manitoba politician drawing criticism for tweet showing his wife shoveling snow after working a 12 hour hospital shift. And he even has video. Oh shit, we got an ad. I hate people individually. Damn it. Um, oh, that's like the one subscription I don't have. Yeah, this one, yeah, I don't have this either. I have uh, most of the other ones. So I have three. Oh, they're just showing the news story. Anyway. All right. Well, anyway, so um, so John Re- Reyes, he is in uh, MLA, right? Is that accurate? Yep. Uh, in, Win- so. in Winnipeg. And um, his face is on billboards and, you know, he's a fairly fo- prominent face in uh, Winnipeg politics. And um, he's, so for those that can't see the picture, we can see it pretty clear. <clears throat> There's a picture that he took of his wife shoveling the driveway of snow after her 12 hour shift at the hospital and his tweet. And he put, he posted this on a tweet and this was at like two in the morning or whatever the hell it was in the middle of the night. No, eight eight eighteen AM in the morning, he posted this and he stated even after a 12 hour shift or even after a 12 hour night shift at the hospital last night, my wife still has the energy to shovel the driveway. God bless her and all of our frontliners. Time to make her some breakfast. Um, earlier <laughs> in the evening, um, at uh, 9.57 p.m., right. he posted, Die hard. Stayed up late for this one because the future is now. Way to go, Felix and Chapeau. 2-1 over Russia. He was watching tennis in the middle of the night when he could have been shoveling his own driveway at 2:45 in the morning <laughs> was it 2:45 is that what it is well that's what the oh, tweet says, yeah, yeah there you go wait you were up at 2:45 watching tennis while your wife was working a 12 hour shift at a hospital during a pandemic then you <laughs> took a picture of her shoveling your driveway from the warmth of your home good luck dude i've cut people out of my life for a lot less than this <laughs> He's obviously make, obviously making big bucks or something. Um, now there, there's just lots of lots of just repetitive tweets. Um, this one's pretty good. Uh, it's a picture of <laughs> some woman's hands all swollen. Her hands look like this, so mine can look like this, and it shows his hands playing uh, Xbox or PS the contr- related. The controller in his hand, yeah. Yeah, so probably like washing dishes or doing laundry, that that kind of stuff. Yeah, this one's good too. Uh, it shows a woman working on a on a car on the, on the underside on, under chassis of a car, and uh, yeah. it was my wife just finished a double shift in the ICU. I told her yesterday that my caddy shifting was a bit off. She surprised me by pulling the tranny and swapped the Johnson rod. I'm going to have a beer in her honor while she cleans <laughs> up her oily mess. <laughs> so. This this was reported on TMZ, so we made it as high as TMZ or as low as TMZ, whichever way you want to look. <laughs> um, and we're an international headline yet again for something dumb. Um, gentlemen, what do you have to say about John Reyes? He's got it figured out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some people. So I- Call him an idiot. Some people call him a genius. It depends on which way you want to look at it. I, I, I forgive me. I forget. You're single, right? What's that? Sorry, what? 
He he's single, right? Uh, I hope he is now. No, no, Todd. Oh, Todd. No, no, Wait, no, 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 no. No. Oh, and that's your response. Okay. Hmm. I got some um, uh, phone number here that I'm just gonna call right now. Your little text. I mean, like, I've got my kid, and like half the time, and I live alone, and I own two shovels, so yeah, I would have been out there myself, but. Uh, apparently, I think, if I remember correctly, she did not have a Twitter account before this, and she made one, oh. basically in response to actually support her husband. Are you serious? Uh, with? I, I I think so. Yes. Wow. So, what was her defense? Was she all wound up from working all night that she couldn't go and rest and sleep? She actually had to go burn off some steam. So he said, figured, well, hey, she went and did it herself. I didn't tell her to do it. She did it on her own. Um, well, I mean, obviously I don't know the situation, but I mean, it might just be her like supporting her husband and trying to like maybe diffuse the situation. And again, I would personally would have been out there with my second shovel. I mean, we do live in Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. Most people have a couple. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think... Uh, Pretty sure that's something that she had done. Hopefully, like on her own volition. But <laughs> well, I can I, I can understand. I know, like when my wife has done work or like she she just power power does something, you know, something around the house that needs to be done. Not necessarily cleaning, but it might be like, you know, I'm going to rearrange the entire cupboard, <laughs> you know, just. You know, it's disorganized. I'm gonna fix it now, and and it's a way of, of clearing the cobwebs, or whatever. I, hey, I do the same thing for sure. Like if I'm when I'm pissed off, I do dishes. It's it's just a natural thing. I like <laughs> Sylvie's like shit out of those dishes. Sylvie's like you need you need to do dishes, don't you? Yes, I do. <laughs> Kids are driving me crazy. That's what I do. Tell me, no, dishes. I understand that, <laughs> Corel. Are using corrals so they don't, they don't we, we don't have uh, real breakables no okay. <laughs> that's probably i'm sure that's by design you know, dishes by rubbermaid yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh man no i like i can see like if you're doing something for 12 hours i i don't work 12 hours myself but even if i only work like well, only eight which i do stuff at like before and i do stuff at, at home as well but you're still doing the same thing. Even if it's a hard job, you're still doing the same thing like hour after hour after hour. So coming home, doing something, even if it's hard, if it's different, I can see that how that can kind of be relaxing. Sure. But, you know, like my choice of a relaxing thing, but it could be. Yeah. But why wouldn't he, like, so there's probably context we're not getting here, right? Like, she had a, a she, I mean, she works at the hospital. So yes, Todd, Todd can probably relate, but you know, when a nurse comes home from the hospital, she's probably wound the fuck up, you know, cause right. it, it's not an easy job. It's a tough job. There's a lot of shit slinging that goes on in that, in that position. It's not easy by any stretch. So, you know, maybe she came home to, I need to do something, something. And she had to, she had a bad shift, you know, some, some horrible patients that were mean and cruel to her. And she just needed to 
to do it. And possibly <laughs> if he had gone out to help her, she might have told him to just fuck off. <laughs> possible. Like it's possible. Now, does the but picture look like that. does it look like he lives in an apartment and he's looking down, or does he have like a you know eight floor mansion that, that he lives oh, in? Come on, he's because, in LA. Um, he live in an apartment, I'm sure. Well, not a mansion, but it definitely looked like a driveway that she was shoveling. So I don't think it was like communal, like an apartment or a condo. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. probably at least a house. But it looks like he's he's pretty far up when you're looking down. Like that's how many feet? Oh, second years? level, I think. Second level, level. Yeah. It looks like yeah. my house. I have the same view of our driveway. Yeah, because if oh, you're... you have a second level. Oh, it's a cab over. Yeah, uh-huh. like we're on top of the garage. Yeah, one bedroom if, on top of the garage. If you're if you're working, and it's very mentally uh, draining, I guess, and you don't have you know workout gear stuff at home. You know, grab the shovel, take out your aggression, whatever it is outside in the snow. I mean, uh, I, I, there's a there's a guy at work, and he posts stuff like this all the time. But he's 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 kind of a comedian that way. So I'm not too sure if if, if this guy. I don't know this guy at all, so I don't know what is what is you know how he normally um, deals with life, whether it's uh, you know comedic or. Or this was just kind of a flash in the pan, just a one-time thing, or not? But uh, yeah, he he'll post stuff, and it's just it's funny. It, it's similar to this, yeah. But just other just other type of things. The context is probably completely different because you know the guy. Well, yeah, yeah, that, that makes a big difference. If you don't know the guy, you may not even know. You know, it's an inside joke or or whatever. Like, I'm sure. I'm sure if the people that know him and her, if they tweeted in. Uh, might get a little more of a context uh, towards it well maybe but i mean like if we had an inside joke between the three of us yep and all of my two twitter followers and whatever you guys have um i'm not sure if i would like just tweet it out though like an inside joke is an inside joke for a reason exactly it might be in a chat group with you and your sure. your buddies right like uh, you know, I'm in a few chat groups and, you know, I keep those jokes for that group. And then that the other jokes for that group, because, you know, it's all inside joke inside baseball stuff. Right. So, but yeah. like, had he posted, like she got home and whole, oh, she was pissed off. So she's like, she needed to work off some steam. If he posted something along those lines, holy shit, was she pissed or something? <laughs> then he'd look like a, he'd look like a buffoon. So he tried to post maybe in a better way but there's no again there's no context so we're like wow what a like douchebag you know i i don't know he's he's right, probably right. and i don't think he actually ever meant. no nothing i don't think he actually like meant to do something wrong like i'm sure he loves her and and everything and but yeah you're right out of context it could just be like a joke like just amongst your friends and your family, but you're sharing it with like, not the rest of the whole world, but like maybe say Manitoba might not go over quite so well. Yeah. True. I will also say that something that Todd said about just kind of like needing to get rid of the excess energy and like take it out on the snow. um, Like just going on Kijiji, like if you wanted to buy say two 20 pound weights, that's a hundred bucks. 
which seems like a lot of money and a shovel seems a lot cheaper. Mm-hmm. But and, and the snow is heavy. That's the, <laughs> yeah, well, thankfully not so much lately, but yeah. Oh, true. But uh, yeah, like, I don't know. You're going to get a w- good workout shoveling uh, Manitoba winter out of your driveway. That's for sure. Yeah, although I will say that lately, like if you do two or three a day without like finding like kind of grit snow, it's a lot easier than like doing that heavy stuff. Yeah. I'd rather do it two or three times in one day than one bad one because I've got a bad back to begin with. So I do. I um, yeah, that that's something like so so people who don't know what our winters like, they probably have no idea what our. I mean, and. And people that live here have no idea what our winters are like back in New Brunswick, which like the win- the winters here are colder, but we don't get snow like they do back east. Like back east, that snow was packed and it's humid and like just very wet snow. Like it's just mm-hmm. like we can we say, oh, we have a snowstorm here. And it's like, oh, it's just a Tuesday, you know, back home. You know, <laughs> it's 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 quite a bit different, but you know. Yeah, the shoveling. Yeah, I'll, I usually go out before work and I'll take a break at lunch, you know, try to tack it in like three stages usually. So, so when I was talking about like depending on what his comedic thing is, uh, the, this guy from work, he wrote, um, this is just one of the things he wrote. Even after a small argument last night, my beautiful wife still insisted on showing me some new fishing spot. I'm sure she'll be back to get me soon. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome yeah that that type of is that on his twitter no no that's just on his facebook on his facebook <laughs> that that's great see that's fun. yeah that that's a type of uh yeah but that's a joke that only works one way you know if if yeah. guy if a guy posted that i mean if, if a woman posted that about her husband she was dropped off by a new fishing spot <laughs> he may not come back to get her like I don't think that would float too well. Yeah, you're on your own. <laughs> <laughs> Might have to follow this guy on Facebook. Um, so uh, a couple of weeks ago, three weeks ago, I can't remember when <laughs> we were having that this conversation with Jared, but we were talking about what are we going to talk about next time you're on? Because when you're on, like the conversations are always interesting as hell, um, but we do have a tendency to veer off. I mean, Todd and I, Todd and I can't stay on the road at the best of times. And when you're here, the the three of us, like we have no idea how to drive this car. Um, <laughs> it's not like lately with all the ruts, it just keeps you in a straight line. Doesn't matter if you want to switch lanes or not. You're going straight, buddy. Yeah, no, yeah. Todd and I can't drive straight to save our lives. So when Jared's here, it's kind of like <laughs> it's, it's, squirrel. You're too much like us. No, it's like you're driving down like. A main road in the winter you do a turn is the bare spot which you're supposed to drive on the bare spot and all of a sudden you see a white line you go am i where i'm supposed to be should i be like to the left yes and you don't know <laughs> and oh that, it's worth yeah yeah well, no, because you're, you. you're following the car in front of you and then you realize that the car in front of you it's actually not where it should be so then you have to decide where you want to be if that makes sense especially in the winter time though like if you're following somebody and they're driving a path and you're like well they're driving the road 
but it's, right. like, it's all snow and then they're all like they're kind of veering off towards <laughs> like where the center line will be and you're still following them because i'm following this right yeah where you think the line should be and then you realize it's not where it is or well it is where it is but or, you are not where you should be but maybe you are because you don't know if you're supposed to follow like the bare spots follow the car in yes. front of you follow the lines it's it's hard and these are like major roles yeah and i'm always like oh like so if i'm if it's if it's winter and, and I'm driving the ruts and then I'm like, wait a minute, my left tire, is that in my left rut or am I in someone else's right rut? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you'll know if there's oncoming, well, not oncoming, but if there's someone in the lane like behind you, <laughs> they're a whole lane over and you're like half a lane in. If you can't get out of that rut, <laughs> you're pretty much screwed until you can hit an intersection or something where it kind of switches up a bit. Yeah, or you have people driving like in two ruts and you realize they're actually in two lanes. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. I When I, when I was driving with my little Acadian way back in the day or my ex-girlfriend's Acadian um, and I'd want to change ruts over to switch lanes, the ruts would say, you're driving an Acadian, stay where you are, don't move. <laughs> You'd start to go and <laughs> like, okay, I guess I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> But I want to turn here. <laughs> no. No, you don't. Yep. Not today. Acadians follow the straight and narrow. Yeah, I, I do, used to drive a sprint a little bit, so I think I got, kind of got the same idea. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I had no first gear in that car. <laughs> it's <was> awesome. <laughs> you, had to, you had to start in two. Um, um so you and I were talking about trying to pick a topic. So we, so we would all kind of follow, uh, follow the ruts. And uh, we, we talked about a few things. And the one thing that was thrown around, which I knew Todd was going to go for right away, was <laughs> talking about uh, yeah. comics. Comics. You know, we don't talk about comics with you. <laughs> like you, and I you. Don't, you and I don't talk about comics ever when I'm in the shop. We talk about our kids or other stuff. I just say, well, hey, can you get well, this yeah. for me? And then, and then we just diverge. But I always say yes, right? Oh, uh, yeah, actually. Okay. But then you always say yes. And, oh, did you know <laughs> that he put this out too? <laughs> then I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm in. Um, so you, you right. are a massive music nerd, which maybe a lot of people don't know about. <laughs> No, no, uh, it's true. Like you always have good tunes playing in the shop. You, you, you're posting your Facebook. There's always some interesting music thing. You're posting like a, 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 an interesting video or something. And it's not like typical, you know, the same five bands that are played on the radio all the time. Or if it is one of those five bands, it's an alternate track of one of those five bands that doesn't get played on the radio all the time. So it, it it's more interesting than the standard, um, you know the same five songs that we all hear you know every every day on the radio so i like i'm like well let's talk music sure so you gave me a list of some of your favorite albums that you could talk about and we picked one what album was that uh albums i guess uh pink floyd the wall yes now todd that is one of your favorite albums of all time no 
Uh, one of my favorite bands. Um, the, you know, I've, <clears throat> I've watched Pulse. If you've ever seen the concert Pulse. And I watch it to death. And there's even a bands out there who, it's like, um, they're, I can't remember the name of the band, but they're kind of a knockoff of, of uh, Pink Floyd. And they do it bang on pretty much the same. Now, with the wall, I figured, okay, sure, we'll do the wall. 26 songs. <laughs> 26 how do you get 26 songs on an album or a double album well, it's double yeah and like look homework god hates <laughs> homework yeah. hey this is 26. homework this 26 is yes oh my god oh you did homework too of course wow oh well to be fair some of these songs aren't actually songs no, that was uh, that was the thing. I mean, I wrote down uh, you know a couple things about the actual tune, but some of it I think was a lot of it was part of the movie. I think when they made the movie, it was a lot of sections of of talking uh, and things going on um, during well, the transitions for the songs. I, I think the album was kind of like Tommy, where in the case it was like a conceptual album first. And then turned into a movie. Um, and I will even say, while I grew up with the wall, the records anyway, I don't think I actually ever saw the movie until I was 17. And it is a very weird experience to watch a movie and knowing kind of what's going to happen without ever seeing the movie before because of the music. Mm-hmm. knowing that like because it's like the progression of somebody's life but at the same time listening to the record so often going hey this song is kind of out of place that you know they kind of mm. reverse the order of a few songs but yeah but the the record was definitely first yeah because the it was yeah so god damn you guys i actually went to the <laughs> rabbit hole with this so um i've i I, people were shocked i I brought this up at work and they're like what what's wrong with you i thought you liked music i've never listened to the wall from front to back before oh yeah technically you can't technically you can't well no because it begins with we came in Yes. And ends isn't isn't this where we so technically the albums actually are a cycle whether it's the same person or different person every time um, that I guess is up to you but it is a cyclical album that never ends so 88 minutes isn't enough <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry no, it so, is enough not 88 is, it, is, is enough that how long Wizard of Oz was or, or keys? Do you mean well, keys? Apparently, well, yeah, you can watch it with Wizard of Oz, right? Like that's the whole thing. Like, have you done that? Uh, no, watched it with Wizard of Oz. You haven't? No, I haven't. Interesting. Hmm. Because hmm. that alone would be neat to be able to see if everything kind of lines up, sort of. 
but I think the mood kind of goes with with the actual movie from what I hear. Well, no, it actually syncs perfectly. Like that's that's the story. Like if if you if you wait, so I'm just going on my Twitter here because somebody actually told me. How long is the movie? Is it 88 minutes long? No. Oh yeah. So make sure. So the Manitoba Money Shot said, make sure to sync up Wizard of Oz at the Lion's Roar. So at the beginning, you know, you get the MGM. Rah. Yeah. Right. If you match that up with the beginning of the album, apparently every song just perfectly coincides with Wizard of Oz. Apparently. Mm. Might have to try that. I that's think if I, that's waiting. if you can get you know uh, an actual song album from beginning to end. If you go to YouTube, there's probably uh, there's probably spaces between that would probably misalign. Sure, you uh, have the timing, to to the proper album, yeah, on vinyl, I guess, ideally. Um, so so I post well, I, I posted this on Twitter and everybody flipped out on me. But anyway, sorry, Jared, you're going to say? No, I was just going to say that there is like the vinyl, which would have been the original um, record release. Mm-hmm. I don't actually know if there's a soundtrack release of the wall. Again, because some of the oh. songs are actually out of order. That's a good And point. like the, um, the groupie that was in the hotel room. Um, I'm like, you know, uh, while wow, this bath is huge, do you want to take a bath? Like that was recorded by a different uh, voice actress, but in the movie it was a different person. So I don't, I mean, maybe there actually is an actual uh, soundtrack release, but normally Pink Floyd The Wall is actually the, what was done before the movie. And there are certain like words that are part. changed and there are certain background music that's changed or in sounds. So to actually sync it up, you'd have to sync up the record with Wizard of Oz, not the Pink not, Flag not the, the Wall movie, movie with Wizard of Oz. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, the album. So I, I right. watch, Yeah, well, the actual album. movie now. And then there are certain um, releases which have I I did say I did like research, right? Um, Young Lust, as an example, on s- certain releases actually aren't on the albums or CDs. So that would even kind of change the experience if you were going to try Wait, to sync up with. Wh- sorry, within within the movie or within the album? Within the album. Okay. Interesting. So I so I, I pulled up the Wikipedia page. So so here's what I did to to, to make sure I was kind of ready, is I listened to the album three times, pretty much in a row, <laughs> and then I'm like, I, I, but eight. What's that? You listened to it eight times since we talked. Well, yeah, I, I have not much to do at my stores. So, <laughs> so <laughs> I, I and. Now, like we've talked about this in the show before, when I listen to music, the, the words are the, the lyrics specifically is the last thing I focus on. I focus on the beat, on the guitar playing, on the bass, blah, 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 all this sort of stuff. So, 
So now I'm like, okay, well, I got to consciously pay attention to the lyrics this time around because I, I, I know it's a concept album. I don't know what the concept is, but I know it's a concept album. So I'm, I'm trying to absorb what's going on. And I'm halfway through the soundtrack going, what the fuck is going on here? I'm totally and utterly confused. I should have not paid attention to the lyrics because I was completely uh, lost the first time through. So then after the third time, I looked up the Wikipedia entry and what they did is they list the songs in order in the album yes. and, and tell the story. And I'm like, okay. Yes. So then I listened to it a few more times after that <clears throat> to make sense of it. And I'm like, an album like this, if this was released now with the attention span that our current generation has, there's no way an album like this could do well. It's impossible. No, and if this album was released today, it would have been released by Tom Waits or Primus. Yeah, exactly, right? Like, it wouldn't be any new artist, I guess is what I'm saying. I think the closest thing that came was American Idiot um, by Green Day or the uh, the one they had after, which they ended up doing a, um, a Broadway play around. I don't know anyone else that's doing it modern. Like, in Green Day is an old band by this stage right right but is there anyone young that would even think of doing anything like this and would a record label even bother to take a chance on a concept album uh again young to, because i am not old uh premise did uh willy wonka like music on a cd so i and again based on like pink floyd stuff I would think that they would be maybe the closest band to actually be able to pull this off. Okay. And they've even done um, a Pink Floyd song, like covered one before, but it, it's it's too long. Like there are, I mean, Adele technically has concept albums, but that's more about life experiences. It's not about like a point A to point B. Yeah. So like John Prime's Missing Years, which is kind of, I don't know if it's his personal experience, but like it failed and wants to be happy for the his ex and, you know, like met somebody else. And it's not like a tight, like Pink Floyd the Wall or like, you know, Tommy kind of a, a album, but it's close. But again, John Prime. <laughs> I mean, John Prine just passed away recently, so it's not exactly young. So I don't know <laughs> who young would be, but I'm assuming that um, like Les Claypool is kind of my age, so I would not consider that old. True. So again, if Primus did something like this, and again, Les Claypool did something with um, like Lennon's kid i forget what they were called i don't think they oh had yeah no uh yeah i know the one um, they did two i think they did at least two albums together. yes for sure they did at least two for sure yeah so sean, so sean sean lennon stuff right you mean sean lennon with yeah Les Claypool. that that's yeah, actually like, really good really i good be. I like the Twango Bank. I think it's called Twango Banco, like the four foot shack stuff that Les Claypool did with somebody else. Okay. But yeah, but that is really good too. 
So if anyone was going to do Pink Floyd stuff, mm-hmm. I think it would be him. Sure. But again, whether you consider him young or not is, I guess, up to your birth. Yeah, true. I mean, Tom, a Tom Waits album is generally a concept album in some shape or form. Yeah. Like Bone, well, there was like, like Bone Machine was like, there, it feels like there's a whole story there, right? Well, Bone Machine <laughs> is actually my favorite Tom Waits album. Yeah, it is. I don't know if it's like in the top five for a lot of people, but it's my favorite album. Oh, it's number one for me. There's no... That was, that was my discovery of Tom Waits. Somebody said, you got to listen to this shit. And I'm like, all right. And I put it on. I'm like, holy fuck. This is like crazy. It's so good. It is so, I don't know. It, it, he's a great storyteller. Oh, he is. And um, that three CD release, um, Glitter, Glitter and Doom, I think it was. Like there's like A C D of songs, A C D of stories, and A C D of like B takes. And but again, if you were to introduce Tom Waits to somebody and Bone Machine was the album that you introduced them to, and they listen to something else of his, yes, then they'd probably be lost. Like there's oh, one yeah. I think I only own one buck sixty-five C D. Right. And it really reminds me as if I would say now, because again, time is weird. So that was what 15 years ago, maybe. But that CD reminded me as if Tom Waits had started when that CD came out. Ah, Like the rest of the Buck 65 CDs sound nothing like that CD. Um, but it just it's in in the way that Pink Floyd the Wall is not necessarily filled with songs. It's filled with stories yes. that happens to have music. So that buck 65 and a lot of Tom Waits stuff is a story set to a song. Yes. Yes. I will honestly say right now, while I've listened to Pink Floyd Wall like seven or eight times in the last two days and at least a hundred times in my lifetime, I cannot actually tell you why I like it. But every time I put it on, I listen to everything. And it's also one of those albums that I, you know, my memory's not so great. I might not be able to sing a song, although some songs only have like, say, 10 words in them, to you. But if I listen to The Wall, I could sing along to almost every song. You know it that well. Or is it, it's just, it's singable. Well, it it is singable and not to sound, you know, like kind of hoity-toity, but it is an experience. And it is one of those things where even as a kid and even maybe up to 10 years ago, I would sing some of those lyrics to myself, not like walking out in the street because some of these lyrics, <laughs> to be quite frankly, taken out of context. Uh, yeah, should probably like, give especially me especially the, the trial song or whatever. Like that. Uh, oh, the trial! Oh, hell no. Um, uh, like in the flesh and run like hell in the flesh, and I'm yeah. gonna try to use the good words like, 
Um, oh, there's one like smoking a joint, and another one of spots. Find my way. I've had all of you shot. And those are the clean parts of that song. And I don't want to necessarily say the other parts, but the song is written so well. And again, I was young. I, to be honest, I remember this record, records, which are those flat black things in case you're younger and you're listening to this. No, when I was old enough. Do. Yeah, they know better than we do when it comes to vinyl. When I was old enough to change a record on the stereo mm-hmm. and I, I I don't honestly remember a time in my life where this record was not part of it which means when I was listening to this record I was also listening to like Sesame Street does disco okay. Pac-Man, Fe- Pac-Man Fever <laughs> I remember that oh those are great <laughs> They're from Ketel. <laughs> Chipmunks. Yep. yep. The Wiz, which kind of going back to it is a Wizard of Oz, uh, but Michael Jackson. Yep. yep. So the, I was listening to kids' songs and this. And this. Wait, was this was this from your mom from your parents? Or was like how how the did this get introduced to you? I'm going to assume it was my dad, but yes, when my parents were still together, this was part of the record cabinet. And also, and uh, something that I love, Willie Nelson and Leon Russell, which was also a double album. Okay. But I would put on the wall myself. So I'm guessing, because this came out, I think, in 77? And that would have been three. 79, I think they said. Nine? Man, I got it right in front of me. So, here. I did not write that down on my piece of paper. November 79. So I would have been maybe eight. Changing records by myself in a room by myself. And this was one of the records that I put on. So, okay. Okay. So now, Todd, what about you? Like, what was your introduction to the wall? I, I think I know the answer. Um, you know, Pink Floyd in general, I never listened to until about 20 years ago. So 20 years ago. Well, okay, I don't know if it's 91. Yeah, that that so that was just after you moved here. Well, after I moved here, I went to there's a place in Osborne Village and they sold audio equipment. And I was looking for um I was looking for a stereo system and they carried NAD stuff, oh, right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. They, yeah. So they wanted to, I says, well, I wanted to listen to some stuff. He says, oh, do you like Pink Floyd? So they go, oh, I don't know. I've heard of them. Yeah, okay. So I put some stuff on. Of course, this is stuff I've never heard before, and it's probably common knowledge from everyone else because I never, it wasn't something that I actually sat down and listened to. So when I listened to it, I said, yeah, the, the quality is great. Uh, and that was kind of my inter- in- introduction to it. Um, Jared really wants to know what, play, what that place was. Do you remember what it was called? Um, it's not there anymore. No, no, hasn't been there it, for twenty years, probably. It had uh, it was like an orange or yellow. Nothing is probably not not movie village. 
because no. they sold. No, I, I know the all. It, no, I think it was more on like right. Oh shit! On the going on Osborne, going south. It's on the left side, and they look like little houses. Yeah, it's basically on the oh. side is where the toad used to be. On the far, on the last, like one of the last buildings where, where with that grouping, right, Todd? And I remember it was, or I remember it was orange because I went there with no. you one time. It was pretty close to uh, Pemina. No, the oh wait, the toad is like main, like movie village, like the ones with the houses are kind of like I think it used to be um, like a pet store area right now like right by confusion corner close yeah now they, it's, like, it's like a vape it's like a vape store now or something everything's a vape store now yeah <laughs> so yeah but uh the wall like uh was another brick in the wall like that was that was the song was okay hey, I gotta so, wait. so when you went in and you were looking at this or li- listening at this equipment yeah. that's what they put on is that what yeah is that how the story goes yeah, that's that's what they put on for me to kind of test the uh, the equipment that they had. So that's what I listened to. No, is, is that what went into your Trans Am? Well, what had happened was I didn't end up getting the stereo, like like a house stereo. Uh, I ended up getting a uh, it was a Denon uh, deck for the for the for the Firebird. And uh, I still have it to this day. <laughs> Cassette deck, you know. But the thing is, was like Denon's like, ooh, Denon's like really high end stuff. Like I had, I had my uh, surround sound system. It was all Denon and and stuff, and it was excellent equipment. And I figured I'll, you know, I'll get this. It's supposed to be good. It sounded like crap. Uh, you had to kind of move it into the channel just to get the left and right speakers to to hook in. <laughs> You know, and I thought it was the cage type thing that was issues. Yep. I had someone actually take it apart from work in those cold solder joints and stuff in there. Like it just, it wasn't, it wasn't what I thought it was. I, I should have just, I mean, I had bought a Clarion from, uh, from a second hand, from a, from a, what do you call it? Pawn shop one time. I mean, they were new, but it was like, this is pretty good. I put it in the car, sounded great. I put this dead in thing and it would, it just, I mean, I had the extra amp, I had the sub in the back, you know, and I didn't have the crossover electronic crossover. They were just these two coils that they had mounted underneath the trunk that would just take out the, uh, I guess the high end, uh, to use the sub on. I don't know. It's it just, it's just not the only, the only good thing about it, I think was the amp. That was it. You know, it had a nice thumping amp, but, it didn't sound great at all. Todd's officially left the ruts on the road. <laughs> but what I'm hearing is you've had a lot of problems with stereo equipment in the past, but the wall is good. Yes, the wall was good. Uh, you know, except for, even... except for, well, like you said, it's, it's a story. Like I'm, I'm going through 26 songs and I'm like, <laughs> there's only like four or five that are actual goddamn songs. <laughs> Like what I, I'm listening to this stuff and I'm listening at work. Right? No, no, so, no, and no. then I, and then I don't pay attention for about a split second. I was like, where the hell am I? I, I didn't know what song I was on anymore. Cause it was like, he was talking now and this little story was going on and I'm looking at the list going, is it, this is the song of the song that I had to go to something different where it actually broke it down to the times 
so I could go to the next song and actually listen to them right from the yes. beginning because I knew where they actually started. Yeah, that was my fourth listen because I'm like, I'm fucking lost here. Oh, totally lost. Going on. Totally lost. So, I mean, Pink Floyd in general, like especially the Pulse. And I think they had the concert here on Garbage. And, and if you went to Garbage Hill, if anybody, you know, people are from Winnipeg, you go to Garbage <laughs> Hill, you could actually listen to it from the old barn. Yes. Where, where the yeah. old, you know, on, on St. James, area. where the urine arena used to be or the football stadium, because that's where they were playing. Both. Yeah, and I, and I didn't go to that one because I wasn't, at the time, I wasn't a big Pink, Pink Floyd fan. I didn't really understand it all. Uh, my first really introduction was I used to work with a guy and used to, I used to deliver furniture with him at uh, Nationwide Warehouse back when it used to be Nationwide Warehouse. And the first time I saw, it was a Pink Floyd concert that he had. They had the elephants and stuff all inflated and bouncing around and lasers and stuff. And I had never seen this before. So once I sat down and actually listened to that actual concert, it was like, wow, okay, now I have to start listening to some of this stuff. So you're very retroactive. Okay, you got something to say there, Jarrett. You're the Floyd fan here. Fill us in. No, I'm just going to say that objectively, I don't actually think that Pink Floyd The Wall is their best album. And I don't think most people would actually consider it their best album. Okay, but, damn it. I was going to ask you that question because I was really, really curious because, okay, go ahead though. So go, go ahead. No, like I'm assuming like, say, like Dark Side of the Moon might be Pink Floyd's best album. But to me, and again, maybe because it's my upbringing and it's just as a kid and because I do like say, like comedians, like I like Tig Notaro and Mark Marin. I like storytelling comedians and mm. i will admit that very very few of these things actually are songs none of them well not none of them maybe again like what, what Todd was saying maybe four or five of them actually repeat the chorus this is not a record rock and roll or pop or whatever album but to me and again, I can't even tell you why. It's something that I can listen to over and over and over, which is what I did the last two days. For me, this is my Pink Floyd album. Is it the best Pink Floyd album? No, no, it's not. At least I don't think it is, which sounds weird because I do think it is. But for me, it's the one I can listen to the most over and over and over and maybe because it is a song and it is a story and it is telling to the point now essentially pink floyd the wall and i know we're kind of late into this but pink floyd the wall is essentially a story of somebody on stage going hey let me tell you about my life i was a baby boy my dad died i went to school I had troubles in school. I had mother issues. I wanted to have a lot of sex. I got married. I had a bad marriage. I took some drugs. I fell into the wrong crowd. I incited some riots. I decided to throw myself in jail. And depending on how you think about it, either 
got a second chance at life or died. And because of the connection between the end of the last side, which I guess is side four of the album, which connects to the first side of the first album, it is a story. And for me, I love that. I love listening to that story. Now, if I was on a desert island and I listened to this thing a hundred times, would I go nuts? I don't know. But it's also a story which I can sing along with. I, you know, maybe I can like say I kind of get parts of this which may be good or not. And again, there's parts of this, which I hope I never, ever agree with, but it is part of a story and part of a life of somebody going through different changes. And somebody, I, I again, with like a run for your life and in, in the flesh is somebody who, because he lost his father and his mother is mean to him and, the marriage is a disaster. Somebody who wants to be told what to do. Um, and then decides that I'm going to follow you and, you know, kind of does some stuff that he decides like later on that maybe, you know, it's not the right thing to do. But I think a lot of the album, a lot of people have partly experienced. Now, not everything, of course. Like, I've never gone out into the street and, like, you know, kicked people because of how they look or (laughs) what they believe. But but it's still... The character Pink, which is a combination of a couple of the... Floyd members is just lost and you know I don't necessarily connect with that exactly but I can see sometimes how people want to just sort of kind of go along with everything else and you can kind of see that on Facebook right now and kind of the sheep mentality yeah, and not knowing what to do, being told what to do, and kind of accepting that. Like the actual, you know, when you listen to a song, and it's one of those songs where, yeah, okay, I can listen to it. It's like, uh, don't worry, be happy. You can only listen to it so many times until <laughs> it drives you up the wall, right? So other other songs drive you up the wall. <laughs> It could be, <laughs> uh, but there's other other things like pink, like the wall. Like you're saying, there, there's so much involved. It's not like you can you you'll listen to it once. It goes, oh my god, I can't listen to that one more time because there's so much involved. Like when I listen to 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 Roger Waters, it sounds like he's a mad scientist when he's talking about his story. Like he's just he's just like he's off the wall. But then again, I don't think that was too far from the mark. Because I think he is kind of, um, I don't know what you call it, you know, uh, when someone's a genius, they're kind of borderline insane, 
<laughs> mad, complete mad genius. Yeah, it's almost like that. That's kind of what he's. He's kind of a genius, but he's kind of on the on the cusp, and it, it kind of it shows through a little bit. Well, that by, the, of, that by the mad the scientist thing. Yeah, that reflects in the story, I guess. Like he's. Well, I mean, I if think... that's part of the story, that's fine. But it's just kind of the way he approaches it. Well, I think Roger Waters, and I think he was the one that had it, had like a, not a disease, but like, a, but a problem that he needed drugs to kind of control and to kind of help medicate the pain. And that was the comfortably numb part of Pink Floyd. But, and there's other parts of the song too, like uh, at least two members of the band had parents or fathers, I guess who fought in World War II and one of them never came home. So that actually was also part of the, the songs in Pink Floyd the Wall. But again, it's... I would, except for maybe another Brick in the Wall part two, I think because the first one is just music and the third one is when he's older and he's just kind of like angry. There is very, very few songs on this album that like repeat anything so again if you want to call them songs just because music is attached to it i mean i would um but it is but it is more of a it's almost like if they had written a musical play and then put out the record first because it's they're not song songs again except for maybe another brick in the wall and comfortably numb and maybe two others uh but there's even one like vera which is i think like maybe 60 seconds long and if you listen to now most people probably don't but vera lynn was a uh singer and she started like in the mid-30s and she's probably best known for the I'll meet again some sunny day. Don't know when. Oh, okay. She was the first person to record that song, but that was like in like 1935. So even when like Pink the Wall came out, that was an old song. And he's trying to remember a better time, which even existed before he was even born or the character Pink anyway. Yeah. And it's just him trying to, uh, again, the things that the problems that he had in his life, he was trying to like build up the wall, like actually put up the bricks and like try to like push out the outside world so he doesn't have to deal with it anymore. But even like the Vera, which I mean, we'll meet again and like Dr. Strangelove and people still know that song now. But it was, again, done like in the mid-30s. It can't have been that popular in the 70s. So he's even trying to go back to a time that is better than his own time. Hmm. Which, I guess, is occasionally the problem with the concept album. Is that nobody always gets your concept. Now, there, there seemed to be a lot of repetitiveness. Like, uh, another brick in the wall, part one, part two, part three. They're all very similar uh all the bpms like it's it's kind of the same song but he just kind of approaches it in a different manner um there's uh was it in the flesh 
which is you know like 20 sounds 20 songs down but it's it's very similar to the beginning in the flesh um, one with a question mark one without a question mark well, well I, from what I was reading too like a lot of the songs like again starts off as him as an adult say on a stage hey I'm here like and let me tell you about my life. And then it goes right back to basically his birth. Yeah, because it starts, it he, starts in the present or presentish day, right? Like that's the idea. And then he's just reflecting and kind of going back in his head on everything that came before. Is that is that right? Yeah, it is. Because it even starts off with like with here with the surrogate band, which is something that repeats later on. Like even if the songs itself don't have the same title, some of the same refrains actually does get repeated later on. So it's him thinking that, and maybe it's true, but that the best part of his life is like the younger he was, the better he was. Ah, okay. And then his father dies and gets picked on at school by the teachers. And then there's like, you know, we don't need no education, like a rebellion at school. And then, um, uh, like the song Mother. So he's got the mother problems. And then he becomes a man. They want sex. And it keeps going forward. But even every step it goes forward, he still thinks that what's behind him is best. So I think that's the reason why there's a lot of repetition in this album. He's kind of reflecting. He is, and he's reflecting on what he thinks is better. Um, and then at the end, like the trial, he even goes through, I think it's four different people from his life saying about how he did stuff wrong. And he's like, I just want to stop thinking about everything that's wrong and just be myself and try to like stand on my own because there's like the school teacher, the, the ex-wife and the mother, which is all in the trial. And he just eventually decides to stop listening to everybody else and try to kind of listen to himself and go forward. So all but, the, all the females in his life seem to have affected <laughs> him, whether it's his, his wife, his, his, uh, his girlfriend or teacher the teacher well i i don't know if the teacher is female because they all seem to be sung by the same person so sometimes it's kind of hard to really <laughs> maybe understand what he's kind of getting at but i mean mother and wife would you know yeah. be normal but the teacher i always assumed that was a male but just because it was the voice of the singer now s- stop I noticed when I was listening to it, I mean, it's got that piano and talking. It, it has kind of like that super tramp vibe. It was almost like Fool's Overture. Yeah. That, that, that was kind of like a theatrical type song. And there was a couple that, uh, you know, when you watch Monty Python, they have like English comedies, uh, Benny Hill. Like they all have kind of their own little, uh, the way that they portray their comedies. And, and when I was listening, especially for, for Stop, it almost was like, oh, well, these, uh, and Super Trap is, uh, 
is that a European band? I'm assuming. I think so. Yeah. British or something. Yeah. So they're kind of following kind of the same, I don't know, it's a formula, but this kind of very similar or familiar, I guess would be the, the proper term. But yeah, there's a lot of notes I put on here. Not a song. <laughs> nope. <laughs> you know, good intro. Not a good no, playing but... song. Piano, special song. No. Good intro. Uh, a lot of delays and stuff. Ones with the helicopter intro sound like, you know, when he's talking, it sounds like, you know, Hitler, when he did his speech, he's very, you know, the way he talked. And I think that had to do with probably uh, references to the war and stuff within the within the album well it was because the the character and again some of the band members uh father was in world war ii and then once you do um comfortably numb which is when a physician gives him like a shot of drugs basically calm him down so we could then go on to the concert um it's written that most of what happens afterwards is more of a hallucination than actual reality. But a lot of the stuff that he says in the concert and then when they go on the street is essentially a rally and against ethnic minorities and, and races and beliefs. So, yeah, I mean, it's because I guess they're English. I mean, the Nazism is like a direct correlation to kind of what they're talking about. But there's no but. Um, <laughs> it's something that they wrote. No, but it, yep. it's something they wrote and it, it was in the 70s and it was like 30 years later, but 30 years is really not that much time. And there are so people today who probably again i as a young person listening to this record over and over and over i would sing in the flesh and run like hell again not outside when i'm you know walking around but and there's just words to a song song. that you've heard that's in your head exactly and i'll I'll be honest not to just recently re-listening to those it's like kind of like oh i really hope i didn't sing those songs when i was walking around those sides <laughs> but they are written and the music is in such a beat where it is actually kind of hypnotic and i don't think that anybody who wrote those lyrics believe what they were writing but it is maybe maybe more in the 70s than now but at a time they were writing about stuff that they saw. So, and again, I said many things in my life that I didn't quite understand when I said them, I used to really enjoy licorice babies and that's not what I called them because I thought that's what the names of the thing was, but it's part of his life. And whether the character thinks that he believes it or was wanted to be accepted and these are the people that accepted them. So he went along with it, but yeah, it's, it's just written and played so well that it's hard not to sit along with and because it's upbeat and strong to the point where you just kind of want to 
It's like Limp Biscuits. Um, Limp Biscuit. Like brick stuff. Uh, no, yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do a lot of the stuff that he talks about. But the way they sing the song, it's just like, yeah, I want to sing this too. And then when you listen to the words, it's like, oh, maybe not. <laughs> well, it's no worse than nursery rhymes. Like you said, when you were younger, I mean, you had you had the kids albums that you had mixed in with that one. You're listening to it. You know, you don't understand it. It just sounds like a good tune. And for me and like Sean, it was like, you know, when I heard music, it was the music first. Lyrics was always secondary. That's if I ever even pay attention to the lyrics. Yeah. So if you, if you listen to some of the nursery rhymes, like Humpty Dumpty and, and uh, was it London Bridges falling? Like if you actually look at, at the actual background of the stories, it's like, oh, my oh, God. Okay. I didn't, I didn't realize that. Of course, you never realize that when you're younger. And that's, I think. It's catchy. It, it's catchy. And that's how they, I don't know if that's how they get you. Like if, if someone was trying to brainwash you, I mean, they would try and do it in a way where it's kind of subliminal, where you're not really realizing it and you deem it as normal. And then you find out later that, no, this is not normal. Like this, this is, this is, you know, now like inappropriate or, or whatever you want to call it nowadays. It's just, it's just not accepted. But back when you're younger, your brain's like a sponge. It doesn't really matter what you listen to. You know, if it's got a good beat or, or whatever, like you'll hum, hum it. And like you say, you'll, you'll sing the lyrics, but, you know, you wouldn't sing them in public. <laughs> but it's just because that's, you know. Well, you get the wrong, you, you get the lyrics wrong in well, public, right? <laughs> yeah. Or you just get the lyrics wrong. Like it, if, if I listen to a song, like if you listen to those, uh, the guy on YouTube, I think, was it the lyrics that, you know, you think he thinks that he knows that the lyrics are but they're not even close. <laughs> but when you listen to the song, you listen to what he thinks the lyrics are and you listen to it, you go, yeah, that's what it sounds like. Yeah. There's a website with all of those, like, like, excuse me while I kiss this guy. Kiss this guy. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or she chucks chicken bones or there's yeah. uh, there's actually like at least one website, probably more than one that has a listing, all of these things too. But, but that's misunderstood lyrics though. Like again, as a kid, I remember going "Eeny meeny miny well, catch a tiger by the toe." But "tiger's" not how you learn that rhyme. That's not. That wasn't the original. No. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I remember. But that one. again, yeah. I didn't. That's what the song was. So that's what I said. Oh yeah, and you didn't. No, I what, obviously wouldn't do that meant. now. But yeah. yeah. But parents would correct us right away though <laughs> they'd be like no that's not it yeah you can't say that well mine would have um <laughs> hopefully most would yes i would hope so okay let's get back in the ruts here of this album <laughs> i want to get back <laughs> so we we veered off again so, so we're talking about batman right <laughs> i think so so all right what I wanted to look at was what were the singles released on here? So there was another brick in the wall too. Which playing. is the one that most people know because that's the school-aged one. That's yes. the one, yeah. Yes. Yeah, because one is just instrumental and three is him uh, 25-ish, but older. And then There's also a really good cover. I think they're called Class of 92, which came out 
for the faculty movie, which is really good. Oh. Yeah, the, the part two is the one that most people know. Right. Or at least what gets played on the radio. Um, and then there's Run Like Hell. Now, which one's Run Like Hell? See, the, the, all the titles mean nothing to me. Like, I think I have to hear. Uh, is that the... Run Like Hell. Well, Run Like Hell is after the concert where he sends people out. And it's the... oh. Let me get it properly here. Um, the character with the girlfriend in the back seat trying to pick her locks. Yeah, that one. Yeah, okay, that's the one. Yeah. The cardboard box. You better run, run. Yeah, yeah. You're not gonna get fined. Like you don't have to pay for that, right? No, I'm not that good of a singer. I don't think you have to be paid for that. <laughs> um, and then, it, but that's that's yeah, another that's brick in the wall. Part two was also released. Like, oh, sorry, no, wait. Hey you, another br- oh. hey hey you was one right? Yeah, yeah. Is, it, is that one? That, like, that one I know. So for me, my like my introduction to was what I was playing on the radio. So another brick in the wall to obviously mother. I've heard. Uh, I probably heard young lust, but I didn't know what it was. And then, uh, young lust is about him trying to get laid. Yes, I think comfortably um, is like the second big one on here really in terms of long-term well probably uh, another brick in the wall too for sure will be number one. Oh yeah in I... fact i actually heard that song on the radio while i was listening to the song on my iphone oh today so yeah and mother mother's like um mother's gonna have you under yep. her wing yeah might won't let you fly but she might let you sing so again a good song but um and i want to say that this record was like 160 170 top of records which is you know considering all the records that were made not bad but again probably not pink floyd's top record but for me i can listen to it over and over and over what was the first song or uh, sean what was your introduction to pink floyd where was the first where was the first song that you heard and where comfortably numb was the Mm -hmm. song performed by the choir boys at the palladium oh that was your first introduction to to floyd no idea what this song was and they had two vocalists in that band. I don't know if you recall. It was basically it was this was the band for um, Harlequin, without the singer. So the guitar player and the bass player would would trade the vocals off on that one. Mm-hmm. And they performed it. I had no idea what the song was. I'm like, holy shit, this is amazing! It's the best thing I've ever heard. And actually, out of every band that's covered that song, because everyone's covered that comfortably numb, I would have to say that the Choir Boys. Um, which became Howling Now, which were the, basically the band for Harlequin, did the best interpretation of that song ever. And nobody can touch their cover. In terms of covers, nobody can touch their cover. That was my introduction. And that's when I kind of backpedaled to who are these guys? Because I'd hear the songs on the radio and I didn't immediately connect them to being Pink Floyd. Hmm. See, when I was saying that, you know, when I went to the audio place, I was kind of my first, actually, when I think about it, that wasn't uh, the brick in the wall part two. 
was the first time I heard it. We were at, was it Gungau Beach? <laughs> God, okay, sure. Uh, or Sandy Beach? I can't remember. But yeah, yeah. our uncle, Uncle Ronnie had a, one of those, it was a, it was a milk truck or something converted into a camper. Okay. Uh, and we went out there and I was going to the canteen with somebody, my, one of my cousins. And there was a, there was a, a DJ in the, in the hall that was playing music. And that was the song that came on. And I was mesmerized by it. Another brick in the wall part two. Yeah. yeah. I was, I was listening to it while I was, Oh, and then you get these kids singing and it was like, yeah, we don't need your education. And you know, it was like, yep. what is this? So that was, that was kind of my first introduction. Very, very, very first. That's interesting. Cool. Gongo beach. How about that? <laughs> yeah. that either Gongo beach okay. or Sandy beach. It wasn't partly beach. Cause uh, there was oh, it wasn't, the camper, no. the camper yeah. there. So. Yeah. Yeah. Memories. Wow. The smell of uh is it smoked <laughs> fish? Yeah. And salt and in the seawater. Yeah. Yeah, the salt in the air. Yeah. Carrying in there'd be a little bit of a light breeze and it just Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. I I could smell it right now. Um yeah. so Jarrett, since th- this yeah. is basically your album. <laughs> this is like the you know the one that defines defines you is well, there is is there another like in terms of floyd though is there another album that you should that you would recommend i go to now i did enjoy this i will say the first time i was confused the second time i was confused but it's one of those that kind of grew on me the more i listened to it and i find myself not liking are liking the songs that they play on the radio all the time less like another brick in the wall too i could have skipped over because i've heard it so many times but the other songs the hidden tracks or the deep tracks or whatever you want to call it were the ones that i liked the most well is there another one you'd point me another album you'd point me to next after this one um again probably dark side of the moon just because well, I mean, I think that's the one that has money, which again is not one of their biggest hits, but just is a song that I like. The it's song. just like if you want to talk about, like, say, Timbuk 3. Oh my God, look, like you pull these references out of your back pocket here. This is great. No, but because I, I bought the CD off of somebody, well, the store, and they said, well, if you just like the feature so bright, you won't like this. It's like, that's actually the song I like the least on here because I've heard sure. it so many times. Yeah, yeah. Which again, it's kind of like another Brick in the Wall part two. Um, but yeah, uh, Dark Side of the Moon and Money is really good, I guess. But I mean, one of my favorite Beatles songs is Hey Bulldog. And who's like, who has that in their top 10, right? No, yeah. I don't necessarily need the A side. I actually generally prefer the B side. Yeah. Which again, for for younger people, they had to flip a record over on a turntable. And the B actually, side was as soon as you... the not the better song, but as soon as you said the Beatles, I went, you know what, Jarrett, you look more like John Lennon <laughs> as soon as you said that. <laughs> and I'm like, Hey, it's John. <laughs> it's Jared. It starts with the same letter, but I'll take that. Oh my God. Um, 
so I, I have listened to uh, Dark Side of the Moon at some point. I honestly, I, other than the ones you said, like I, I can't remember exactly what's on that album, but I know it's one of those, you know, must listen to. But uh, one of the guys at work, he suggested that I go to the the Sid Barrett album, like the first album, which is all Sid Barrett. He wrote all the songs or most of them or something. And he is the main vocalist and guitar player on the first album of Pink Floyd. And he is apparently just a mad, mad genius who just went more mad and less genius as they progressed and eventually was out of the band because he was gone off the deep end. I think I might, I kind of want to listen to that, but I don't know how accessible that particular album would be. Any comments on that one? Um, well, I, again, I think most of their albums are at least a little bit concept, but like nothing to the extent of the wall. So, um, is Dark Side a concept too? Then, well, I, well, I think most of the albums have like maybe not a concept, but maybe like more like a theme, where you're not going to get like say eight songs that have nothing to do with each other. Okay. I'm just It's also like Dark Side of the Moon. I think it's also something that they'll play at the, oh, the kind of like the rock and roll, like the laser show at the Planetarium. Right. That's yes. going to be one of the albums that they're going to play. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of that feeling. Yep. Echoes I heard was good. That had like the, like the two like the Stonehenge heads on the album and like the flashing lights. If you have the album. Okay. That had like the battery still in it. Is I remember right? those. I remember the Stonehenge. It's like the big, the big faces. Is that the one you're talking yeah. about? They're facing each other. Oh, yeah. I think so. Yeah. Uh, what's the name of that one? I kind of went on a Pink Floyd kick where I was kind of putting on, you know, Pink Floyd, just whatever, everything, and so all these, all the different albums came up, well, and they're great songs. Now, what do you think of the new one? Like, he just released, they just released something, like, within the last couple of years. Have you heard it? I have not, actually. Really? No. Like, the two original guys, or, like... Uh, Gilmore. I think he had released, unless it was well, just under his name. I can't remember now. Could be, but... Like, I think it was like you were saying before about Sid Barrett when they were doing, was it Shine On that they were doing, like recording in the studio, like without him, because he had kind of sort of wandered off on his own and they were doing the song about him and he wandered in the recording studio while they're actually recording the song about him, like Shine On, You Crazy Diamond. Is that what that, is that what that? Okay, is that the song that we played in our band, Todd? We were trying to learn that song. Was that the one? Shine on you, crazy diamond. No, yeah. no. But I think that's that's a reference to Roger Waters, isn't it? Or yeah, sort of. Well, whichever one that kind of left the band because he was sort of at the time not quite all there. Right. That was uh, Roger no. Waters. So David yeah, Gilmore kind of went on, and he's he's done a bunch of concerts. Although uh, within the last while. Uh, Roger Waters had his own version of Pink Floyd when he was touring. 
And that wasn't that right. long ago. It was only like Waters and Gilmore both did, right? Like they both did their own separate. Dirt. Yeah, they did their own separate ones. Okay. Yeah, but because they're both sort of credited as writing most of the song, it's like kind of the Beatles are either the two of them or yeah. the four of them. They're the McCartney. When they planet. kind of tour, they can do right. They can do the album because technically they co-wrote all of the songs. And I know they've been at the concert hall a bunch of times here, or at least one of them, rather, I should say, has been here a bunch of times. Right. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to, I am probably going to end up watching the freaking movie. I'm sure it's one of the streaming services. <laughs> I, I think I watched it a while back and it was just completely, like, I was even more lost. Yeah. I had same thing. I, I watched but it I, back when I used to work at Boeing. But I, I did it as a uh, Todd. You remember when we did our little short film? Yeah, um, I'd watched that movie previous to that because it was it came up in film studies, and I had to watch it. Oh. And I hadn't listened to the wall because, like I said, I've only listened to the wall this week, so I didn't have any context. So I, I guess I probably theoretically heard the wall by watching the movie, but I don't know. It was kind of disjointed. There are some lyrics and some songs that are a little bit different. And I would say maybe the second quarter, some of the songs are out of order. But I mean, the songs themselves are mostly the same. And also for a band like Pink Floyd, Pink is actually played by Bob Geldof. Geldof, yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of pretty cool, too. Yeah, it is cool. Even though you don't actually hear him. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw something at Todd here that he might not know. Did you know our Dome album was a concept album? Did I know it was a concept album? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, lyrically speaking, uh, no, because like I said, lyrics are just words. I don't really, <laughs> I don't really put them in a story together for a song because I'm I'm so. I'm so concentrated on, you know, when you listen to a song and you play an air guitar and, and whatnot, yeah, yeah. like that, that's kind of what I do is I kind of get buried into the actual music and not so much the lyrics. Yeah. Like the lyrics are there and, and the words are there. I just don't try and correlate them with, with anything, you know, really, I'm just more concentrated on the actual uh, music from either the guitar or the bass or drums, like just the groove of it. Mm -hmm. So you're saying it was an actual concept album? Yeah, the the tracking and everything was very specific. And I, I fought with Alex a couple times because our Alex, I can't remember whoever was saying, well, we should put this song next or, you know, mm -hmm. this sounds like it flows. And I'm like, no, it doesn't. Uh, Breakdown <laughs> was, was the was the song that I fought hardest for because Oli hated it. Mm -hmm. In California, Oli didn't um Alex didn't like that one, but there were very key elements to the actual whole story that I lyrically told. So yeah, it was a concept of someone who was in a band who was fighting to keep a band together and keep his marriage going and was falling apart. That's what was the concept of the, and each song literally continues to tell the story. Wow. I'll have to go back. You have to add the lyrics for every song yeah. in, in chronological order <laughs> and then go through it all. 
that, that's that's pretty uh wow didn't realize that no hmm. yeah and we are machine the the lyric of we are machine which is what the name of the album was was meant it was a it was a plea to the band that was falling apart to remain a unit right it wasn't a hey we're a machine no it's like please we need to be we need to be on the same page we need to um work on this together because we're stronger together than apart right and it was just hanging on to that concept of the band when the band's falling apart so that's what that's what the album was hmm. see todd play on the album had no idea <laughs> i just I, I i'm sure alec has no idea either like that was just when lyrically when i was conceiving the lyrics for everything that's why I had such a problem with when Oli wanted to change the lyrics to one of the songs. Mm -hmm. I'm like, but then it doesn't fit the concept of the album. So that's why I had such a hard time with it. Because I had oh. the concept in my head. This is the concept of the story. Right. And he's like, yeah, but your lyrics suck. I'm like, maybe they suck on their own, but as a concept with everything else, they really go together. Right. So I, I fought for it and I lost the fight. And to me, that's the, the weakest song of the bunch because it doesn't it doesn't fit as much. Hmm. So I had to change the sequencing of the album of where I wanted it, where I wanted it on the album to make it kind of shoehorn in shoehorn it into the story. So I changed his lyrics around to make it fit the narrative of the story. See now you gotta now you gotta make a movie. <laughs> well, like like the wall. <clears throat> well, I did start writing right. a script for it like five years ago. <laughs> so there you go. Anyway, anyway, when you started saying that, I was gonna make a joke about like why you called it dome. <laughs> but uh yep. i kind of feel bad about that now well all which four is also us. a visual joke which works great on a podcast but yeah. well, all, all four of us are bald so yeah in dome we were all four yes it's like roll on deodorants yeah we <laughs> like four pit sticks yeah 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 exactly well like, pit, you know, pit I, sticks that would have been a good uh <laughs> name of a band <laughs> Good the pig sticks good oh, the pixies no no the pit sticks. pit sticks a good winnipeg punk band name there you go yeah shalongs and the pit sticks on a double bill would have been great yeah that's copyrighted so, by the way yeah <laughs> except they know where their mind is so it's perfect <laughs> anyway um that was wow i didn't we went into some great depth and detail here those were actually pretty cool um there's a there's a so we got a lot of messages on like twitter did we today oh yeah we always do um especially when i'm like teasing what the next album episode is going to be so sam thompson was like you know he you could see he was just rubbing his hands together all excited we were going to talk about this because a lot of times we talk about his least favorite band in the world which is kiss uh, but we got comments from like giving up the ghost some guy called jojo power rangers uh, Mark Molet King RAF. I'm not sure who that is, but he actually sent us a version of him playing something Pink Floydish. And uh, of course, Sam from Witch Police showing his vinyl version of The Wall, which he has. I'll have to try the. Uh... Mine's in a box. 
Mine's in the box in the basement. I couldn't find it, so I just have like so the, you have the vinyl. Of, of course, you have the vinyl. Yeah, oh. I have the vinyl. Dust. Now, if you've ever actually, if you have the vinyl, like back when they actually did like liner notes, which yep. was like lyrics to the songs, and if you've seen Get Back on Disney Plus, and like McCartney was even mentioning, saying, "How can we sell our music when we like write our lyrics on it?" It is. I don't know if it's actually, it must be handwritten. It is hard to read at album size. It is really, really hard to read on CD size. Oh, God. I can't imagine. And as you get like, older, so, it gets smaller. Well, it's even harder. Well, I've got glasses, so that's fine. But it's like writing like an old quill or like an old pen and ink kind of style. Yeah. Which, again, is hard to read at normal size. And when you shrink it down by... third maybe it's really tough to read yeah but i will also say that i miss and it, like even in cds when they had the lyrics and stuff i miss having those liner notes i miss having love liner notes the lyrics yep. and again like uh park soda like primus had them but again even like the album sleeves would have had them and the the wall was great for it even though again it's a little bit hard to read but it was an album cover that was just white bricks. Yeah. And well, there was no, I mean, I, I believe there was like maybe a sticker or a stamp of like red or black of Pink Floyd the Wall on it. Yep. But the album itself was just white bricks. And then each album had a sleeve and the sleeve had the lyrics, which I, I really, really missed. And you don't get that like if you buy something digitally. Um, I mean, you can find the lyrics online if you want to, but it's just not, yeah, the, it's same not the same thing. Holding the case or the sleeve in your hand, listening to the album or CD and reading in your hand. I really, really miss that. And Pink Floyd, The Wall, again, because I kind of grew up with it. Like, I don't honestly remember a time of my life that I had records that this was not part of my life. I mean, there are other albums and like Sticky Fingers and a lot of albums had that, but this was my first memory of that happening. Like Sesame Street albums and Sparse albums, I don't remember having that. I could be wrong, but I don't remember them having it. And uh, that was Sesame Street Fever had uh, a gatefold album. Did it? Oh okay. yeah, it was wicked. Well, because I know it was Grover like with a white kind of yeah, like yeah. Super Grover, yeah, and you could open. Well, well, kind of. No, it was it was it was uh, Travolta Grover. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he was doing the yeah the thing. With his go, back, go back and listen to that album. It's actually the music on that album is really well produced. It's ridiculous. Like they they spent some money in the studio on that album. Yep. I mean, it's kids songs, sure, but go listen to. I mean, the Bee Gees are in the freaking album, aren't they? Like. They've actually got real artists on there, and you—it it sounds freaking great. The di disco Sesame Street, like, oh, awesome! Did it have the uh, lyrics on the sleeve? I, it might have. I—I I, I don't remember them, but I mean, did the wall have? Well, you would lyrics think twenty-six oh, yes. or more of a script yes, than actual lyrics for songs. They did because again, I, I know this won't help for people at home, but you wrote them all out. 
No, this By is hand. this CD. Well, it well, looks like I did, which is also well, it's the CD version, so it's a smaller, but it, but it looks like I wrote it out by hand and my handwriting sucks so you can imagine trying to actually read this wow but yeah no i uh yeah because it was a the the wall was a double album so there was four sides and this uh, within the album there was like the two sleeves and each sleeve had the lyrics of the songs on them wow which helped Again, especially for something like this, which is more of a story than like a collection of songs, but awesome, but hard to read. All right, let's cap it off there. Let's all say good night. <laughs> that was good. I'm tired, but <laughs> it was so good. It was so uh, we 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 hit on so many uh, so many points. It's freaking great. So, uh, am I a Pink Floyd fan? Not yet, but. I, I, I've heard enough that I'm, I'm going to go listen to a little bit more. So uh, Jarrett, how do we find you? What, what do you do? What is your, what is your thing that you do? Uh, I own a comic book store in downtown Winnipeg. I occasionally sell some comic books. Um, other than that, I'm a single dad trying to get my kid through life. He's just starting to learn how to drive. Oh my God. So he's got his the beginner's license. Uh, so far so good um i haven't yelled at him yet when we've been driving so i think that maybe it's more on me than him so far so good for you <laughs> he's doing great well, and, and the cars in the neighborhood but yeah so that's kind of taking up most of my time right now that's good that's cool nice. and uh todd where do we find us do you know <laughs> do you- uh sean mcginnity.ca is that still the <laughs> That's still the handle. <laughs> That's still the handle. S-C-A-N-M-C-G-I-N-I-T-Y. And, the, and then all social media at Sean Geek Podcast. You can find us at all of those social medias, like everything from Reddit to Twitter to Instagram and Facebook. And we have a Tumblr and YouTube and <laughs> a bunch of stuff. I, I, I think we have, what's that? Swipe left, swipe right. I th- we're probably on there too. I, I don't know. Is that up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right? You said you said Tumblr, right? Not like Grinder. No, Tumblr. No, You're talking I, swiping right and I, left. I did want to put ourselves on Grinder just as a joke. Oh, lovely! Like with a, like a MySpace and yeah, MySpace. We, did, we did have a MySpace once upon a time, but it was. Uh, I'll have to check the Twitter box. Like, yeah, I'm not on there like you are. I'm gonna have to check check out the the tweets, I guess. Yep. So see what's going down all my friends are twitter friends therefore i have no friends <laughs> anyway let's sign off uh thanks again Jarrett. we'll while well, we're gonna do it again just we'll figure out the scheduling i i, I suck with scheduling <laughs> but we'll we're definitely do it again you got the headset we're all set to roll so yeah ready to rock awesome thanks gentlemen appreciate it all right see have you. a good night see you on the flip side Bye. thank you and good night good night